0: In this episode, we're talking about the benefits of play, particularly right now in light of coronavirus and the role of outdoor play for family culture and community. Wondering how to create a habit of daily outdoor play for your family? Then this is the episode for you.
1: Welcome to Raising Wildlings, a podcast about parenting, alternative education, and stepping into the wilderness,
0: however that looks, with your family. Each week we'll be interviewing experts that truly inspire us to answer your parenting and education questions. We'll also be sharing stories from some incredible families that took the leap and are taking the road less travelled. We're your hosts Vicky and Nicky from Wildlings Forest School. Pop in
1: your headphones, settle in and join us on this next adventure.
0: Hello, and welcome to the Raising Wildlings podcast. I'm your host, Nikki Farrell from Wildlings Forest School. Today, we're lucky enough to be speaking with Linda Oaks and McGurk. Linda is a Swedish American journalist, blogger, and author of There's No Such Thing as Bad Weather. She believes that the best childhood memories are created outside and started the blog Rain or Shine Mama to inspire other parents and caregivers to get outside with their children every day, regardless of the weather. Now, before we start, don't forget to subscribe so that you're notified when our next episode drops, but let's get chatting to Linda. So hi, Linda. Thanks for making the time to chat with us today. Hi, thank you for having me. I'm excited to be joining you. How is the weather over in
1: Sweden today? You know, today it's actually we got uh, blue skies and uh, sun. So um, yeah, knock on wood, but uh, I think uh, today is going to be a, a really good day for for being um, outside and, and um, yeah, enjoying enjoying the weather because because this is uh, this is not typical <laughs> for over here. <laughs> <laughs>
0: And we're the exact opposite here. We live on the Sunshine Coast yeah. and it's currently and dusk pouring with rain and I'm going to say cold, but that's laughable to a Swede. So. <laughs> <laughs> I think it's about 20, yeah. 20 degrees Celsius. So. Uh, yeah, so, so having grown up
1: in Sweden, You really know to appreciate these days when it's like really sunny Mm. and comfortable outside. And we have a saying here that you know you got to take advantage, pasapua. You got to (laughs) pasapua, take advantage because you don't know how long it's going to last. And I've heard this growing up, Mm. like because you enjoy it so much more because it's so rare. So, um, so that's why you got to take advantage.
0: Let's let's talk about that. So, for people that don't know, you've authored a book called "There's No Such Thing as Bad Weather," which is a phrase that we must say to the children at our forest school programs yes. <laughs> anytime that it's not blue skies and sunny. But talk to us about how why you decided to write the book and how that's, I guess, changed the way that you parent. Right. Um, well, I uh, like I said, I grew up in Sweden, but I, I
1: moved to the states. Um, when I was in my twenties and then I had my kids over there and I realized that the culture, uh, surrounding outdoor play was very different, uh, in Indiana mm-hmm. where I raised the kids than it mm-hmm. had been for me growing up in Sweden. Mm-hmm. Uh, whereas we were outside playing in any type of weather over here in Indiana, it was, uh, much more restricted or it was just not happening in the time. Uh, so at the preschool, mm. you know, the kids weren't outside, and at school there was no outdoor recess. If it was, you know, the least bit rainy or windy or whatever, mm. so that made me think about these differences in thing. And the, the schools would often close, uh, you know, in the winter, and I, and I like for, for mm. the cold. I got a little frustrated because there, there was a bit of culture clash mm-hmm. going on. And I, I wanted to mm-hmm. write about about the Swedish culture of outdoor play and hopefully sort of get those ideas out there. Cause I, so I felt like the kids were really missing out on something like an essential part of the whole childhood experience by being mm. just confined to the indoors. You know, whenever the weather wasn't, exactly perfect. So, um, so that was kind yeah. of the, the background too, is I started uh, writing it when my first daughter was born. And then it, it, it just uh, took
0: off from there. So with that, let's talk about the benefits of outdoor play, particularly right now when so many children are still in isolation and having to practice social distancing in this time of coronavirus. Where are you at in Sweden with uh, lockdown and and whatnot? So we've actually been
1: pretty spared over here. Sweden has Mm. gone a completely different direction than most countries, I'd say, and a lot I've read about it in, in international
0: media we've been highlighting yeah, in international media I've been yeah reading about your approach here as well it's right. definitely an anomaly amongst all the other countries which is right. been really interesting to follow
1: right the vi- virologists and experts other experts they've all recommended going outside you know go outside get some sun get yeah. your vitamin D it's crucial for the immune system just keep mm-hmm. your distance. And I think this is a little different from what it has been. I know in some countries it's been yeah. very severe where you basically can't leave your apartment. And to me, that mm-hmm. just seems like a nightmare. And it seems
0: misdirected uh, can you as imagine? Well. Yeah. I can't imagine the poor parents in those apartments in Spain and Italy right? weren't allowed to leave with their children. The research I've
1: done uh, and that I did when I wrote my book is I – I learned a lot about the transmission of disease and how it happens and why mm. children at forest schools tend to be healthier and have less sick days. Mm-hmm. And it's because viruses and bacteria, they just don't transmit as well when you're outdoors because you're you're naturally... Yeah you know, at a greater distance from each other,
0: there's more, more space to mm-hmm. spread out. Yeah, there's less common contact surfaces too. They're not sharing exactly. the same toys as they would in, in a daycare yes. centre.
1: Yeah, So it's interesting. I was reading just the other day that in Scotland, uh, I think the government is now eyeing uh, forest schools as uh, yes. a possible way to get out of this, um, you know, when they're starting to reopen, they're looking at forest schools and what they do and um, may be able to use that as a model for other, you know, traditional preschools, just apply, mm. apply that on traditional preschools. So it's going to be very interesting to Love see. To see that. Yeah. If this pandemic will have any lasting change um, and if it will give another boost to the forest school movement, because I felt like it mm. would really it really had momentum before this happened. And then all of a sudden everybody was on a lockdown and it seemed like going outside was dangerous. Uh, And I was afraid that, Oh, now we're going to take a step back because now everybody thinks that it's dangerous to be outside, which couldn't be more wrong. Mm. But now hopefully people are starting to realize that the outdoor learning is really a good idea from, from a health perspective. So, and yeah, Yeah. so aside from those obvious benefits when it comes to the transmission of disease, there, I mean, there are loads of other benefits, um, as well. I mean, we have this trifecta of lifestyle diseases, obesity, heart disease, diabetes, Mm. um, and outdoor play basically counteracts all of those nearsightedness is another one uh, in China today mm. I mean we have this epidemic of um, myopia or uh, short sightedness yeah. and uh, mm-hmm. in China today I, I was just reading that 90% of the teenagers and young adults have it and in, in South Korea it's wow. 96.5% I mean these are staggering numbers. how much Ninety six point. what was that that's what I thought you said but- yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Um, it's insane. Wow. And they used to think that it was because these kids were maybe using screens too much and like staring it, that it was the staring at the screens, but now mm. they've gravitated towards, they actually think that it's, uh, rather the lack of outdoor play or, or time out spent mm. outdoors because, um, you know, when you're outdoors, you have objects, that, mm-hmm. uh, you know, a lot of different, um, lengths and uh, distances so when you're inside you just the eye just doesn't get that stimulation so
0: I just had a story about my optometrist when I went there we got talking about forest school and he said Forrester would be the best thing for my clients. It was exactly yeah. that for that exact reason. He said children don't look up and look into the distance. You know, right. hunter-gatherer people, we were forever looking into the distance and now we're looking less than a meter in front of us all day. So, exactly. Yeah.
1: Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. And then, you know, aside from the physical benefits, um and, and yeah, yeah. And also um I forgot to mention um, motor skills, too. So balance, coordination, they're also better developed uh, in children at forest schools There are actually studies on that. Absolutely. Um, As well as mental, mental health benefits. Um, You know, it counteracts Mm. um, symptoms of depression and anxiety can all be uh, helped when you're
0: outside and and, in adults as well. So, I was just about to say, um, it's not just for kids. I right? find whenever I walk down into forest school, I can just feel my whole body relax. Oh, yeah, it's, it's my happy place. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, it,
1: it's <laughs> mine as well. Um, and like whenever if the kids and I are having a rough day, um, there are very few uh, things that we haven't been able to fix by going outside, it's like yes. all of the tension just. Is kind of released and, and, uh, mm-hmm. it, nature just has this soothing effect, I think on our, um, on our minds. So it's really amazing. Yeah.
0: You have to be really present in nature. I think mm-hmm. it's really hard for your brain to be elsewhere when there's so many beautiful and wonderfully joyous things to look at right. in nature. Right. Mm. Okay. So, to those parents that are listening that might struggle to get their children outdoors or a bit afraid of getting letting their children get muddy, we see this all the time when kids come down mm. and the first thing they say when they see the creek is, oh, my mum won't let me get these shoes dirty. Oh, yeah. What's the one piece of advice that you would give them to help them to create a habit of daily outdoor play? I mean, what's the easiest way to get started?
1: Oh, wow. I, I was going to say, I don't think I can keep it to one. <laughs> easiest yeah. um, ways yeah but I think the, I think the part you gotta start with because you gotta start in the right spectrum I think that you gotta rethink uh the way you think about playing outdoors and really start to prioritize it because I think it hasn't I don't think it's been prioritized lately it used to be
0: no. just, a,
1: just a, a normal part of children's lives but today it's a lot harder we got we got to compete with electronics and and um all that stuff so, I think parents mm. today have to work a lot harder to get kids outside. I mean, I notice it with my own kids. Yeah. You know, my generation, we went outside, you know, a lot of the time because there was nothing else to do. But today, <laughs> yeah, the kids have the world at their fingertips, right? So, mm. um, mm-hmm. uh, if you're apprehensive about kids getting dirty and just getting the facts and sort of working on your own biases towards weather and so Mm -hmm. forth and thinking about all the benefits instead of you know thinking oh crap it's raining you know let's just stay on the couch um you know that's that's the reason why i wrote my book because i wanted to write sort of a manifesto of sorts that people could read and just sort of um to get that sort of research back, yeah, the the fundamentals uh, of why we should be going outside with our kids. Mm. So start there. And then I'd say just do it in baby steps. It's better to create like a daily habit of going outside for a little bit than just saving it all for the weekend, uh, thinking that, you know, well, yeah. I don't have time or... Um, You know, there's a great graphic of this, it's called the nature pyramid. And um, Mm -hmm. it's showing sort of different levels of um, outdoor recreations. Um, So at the bottom of the pyramid is, you know, the the things that you can do on a daily basis, maybe it's, uh, uh, it's like using your nearby nature, the nature, you know, Mm -hmm. whatever nature you have outside your door the things that you can easily get to, maybe it's just parcel of woods nearby or maybe a city park or something like that. And then the Mm further you get up the pyramid, the, the bigger the adventures. So on the weekends, maybe you'll drive somewhere to a park or area, you know, a little farther away. And at the top of the pyramid, Mm -hmm. you have like the big, big adventures, maybe uh, like a trip that you'll uh, plan for, you know, to do, Once a year or something like that, like a big backpacking trip or something. And I find it useful because, you know, you look at it and you uh, realize that the everyday stuff, I think that's what's ultimately is going to have the biggest influence on the kids. Yeah. So, and then as as far as dirt goes and clothes, and like I, my kids, I like, I highly recommend getting just, you know, uh, hand me downs uh, that you don't have Uh, to care about that much. Like, I've always had different sets of clothes for my kids. If we buy new mm-hmm, clothes, same. you know, that may not be for uh, rolling around in the creek, you know. <laughs> um, but if it's an old hand down, uh, then that's okay.
0: Yeah. I do think that's one of the barriers is that people buy such nice clothes for yeah. their children now because we can afford to because we live in wealthy countries right, now right. that they are hesitant to let them get dirty. Mm-hmm. And it's, it's just one of the saddest yeah. things to see. Yeah. So, yeah, I think it's crucial to invest in some, you know, good clothes, clothes that
1: is um, adapted for your climate. So where I live, uh, you know, especially in the wintertime, obviously you need um, clothes that are well insulated. Uh, you need uh, really good like boots and uh, winter boots and things like that. Mm-hmm. But a good pair of um, muck boots or rain boots. I think those are universal. <laughs> I think you can use those um, pretty much anywhere in the world for creek explorations and <laughs> and whatnot. Mm-hmm. But it's yeah, I, I can't emphasize enough how important it is for the kids to have that freedom of getting dirty. Uh, and that's actually good for their health too, because there's uh, bacteria yes. in the dirt that actually is beneficial to our mental health uh, as
0: strange as that may sound no it's we have to remind people this all the time so I'll actually link to one of our articles that link to the research on this as well about that I, I just want to add there for our audience just a reminder that Linda's in Sweden and that she's getting out in how low w- will you take temperature wise your children out in in snow
1: um I, I'll I'll say this, there hasn't been a day when I haven't been out with the kids because it's been too cold. Yes. And that includes um, actually in Indiana, where winters can sometimes be more severe than in Sweden, believe it or not. But we had some really cold, uh, some periods of what they call the polar vortex. I don't know if you heard about it. Wow. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> I think when wind chill, the temperature was like negative 40 Celsius. Oh, my goodness. Um, I've
0: only been out in weather like that for two days in my life, and yeah. it was intense. With, yeah. it, with all the gear, it's intense. Yeah. So I'm just going to clap you there because I think that's amazing. <laughs> yeah. So for all of you Queenslanders out there that don't have rain jackets when we're in yeah. a rainy state, uh-huh please go and get rain jackets. If You get nothing else out of this podcast. Go get yes. your family, op shop, rain jackets, gumboots. Yes. And also here we're at the beach a lot. So maybe some reef shoes if yes. you're worried about cutting your feet on barnacles Definitely. and oysters and things like that.
1: Yeah. Yeah. For you guys, it might be more important uh, with like UV clothing as well to make sure you're um, yeah. are protected since you get a lot more sun exposure. Those uh, long-sleeved swimsuits and things like that, obviously,
0: uh, yeah, important. But um, we've seen a a real hike in what they're calling fishing shirts here. They're just a really lightweight UV. So rather than the light, it's a really lightweight shirt. Yeah, and it's been really heartwarming to see kids out in the heat of the day, but still being sun protected. So yeah.
1: Yeah, it's all about um, adjusting or, or, you know, working with the weather, Um, because I get a lot of questions Mm. about that, because my book is, you know, it talks a lot about cold climate, of course, but then I get questions about hot weather as well. And I think it's, it's all about Mm. sort of um, uh, going with with the weather. So if it is, uh, you know, oppressively hot out, try to pick a time when it's less hot outside. So maybe you're outside more like really early in the morning or late at night, Mm -hmm. obviously try and stay in the shade and, and, and be okay with less activity. You know, maybe because there, there yeah. are times when it's just too hot to do much, and I don't want people to mm-hmm. to feel guilty because they're not out hiking in the <laughs> in the <laughs> midst of summer. Because sometimes it's just too hot, but it's still important to to get outside. Yeah. And um, maybe you can just uh, you know make sure to have water around. Like for example, a super simple thing to do. Mm-hmm.
0: I think that's a really important point. I think when people think about going outside, they're assuming that we're exercising. So, particularly here in Queensland and during our heat waves, people are thinking they need to stay inside because it's, they don't, you know, it's, it's, it is too hot. But exactly. Add water, go out in the evening, take your mozzie and bug repellent and, it might just be sitting outside on the deck, yeah. or sitting outside in the backyard in right. the shade. It's right. getting that fresh air and that sunlight, still, isn't it? Yeah,
1: yeah,
0: yeah. absolutely. So, on that, talking about being um, taking kids out into the cold, mm-hmm. we still get this, and, and it doesn't even get cold here. Like the chances of catching hypothermia in Queensland are so low, <laughs> and yet we still get people concerned that their children are going to catch a cold from the cold.
1: Right, right. Yeah, this is common um, misperception. It's uh, don't swim after you after you age because you'll drown, uh, and you know don't go out with cold uh, with a uh, wet wet hair. There are a lot of <laughs> a lot of wives' um, tales that unfortunately are still around. And uh, being outside in cold mm-hmm. weather is not uh, does not increase your risk of getting sick I mean I'd say it's the other way around uh, so here in Scandinavia mm-hmm. at the the daycares and preschools you know they actually put the babies out to nap in their strollers all year that round, so including much. in you know negative temperatures mm-hmm. um, in Finland there are examples um, I've probably drawn the line somewhere around negative 10 or negative 15 but, in Finland, <laughs> there are babies who nap outside in like negative 25 To mention to that, that the infant mortality rate in Finland is among the lowest in the world. So yes. yeah, I, I know it's this important. sounds crazy to a lot of people. But seriously, it's um, according to the research that has been done, which is not much, but there's some research and uh, the babies mm-hmm. just they tend to take longer and deeper naps outside and they have a healthier appetite, and they're more alert when they wake up after a nap outside in the cold um, than if they sleep inside. Mm-hmm.
0: It makes sense when you look at our anthropo- yeah. anthropological history. We haven't been right. indoors for that long, so it makes sense that we right. would still be playing catch and, up. And
1: saying it, like days. I remember myself growing yeah. up, my parents would always say, "Well, go outside, you know, and the fresh air is the fresh air is good for you." And, uh, and that's what I tell my kids now yes. too as well. <laughs> Um, but lately, you know, there's been a lot of research that's actually, you know, the research is starting to catch up and it's backing, backing them up. So that's, that's really neat. I think that we're finally seeing some hard facts that, uh, yeah, fresh, the fresh air is good for you. It is good to get outside.
0: It's a, it's a little sad, isn't it? That all of these things that we intuitively know. People don't really believe until <laughs> yeah. science backs it up, but I'm really uh-huh. glad that there's that research out there now, so that we can say mm-hmm. yes, it is true. Yeah, because some people need that uh,
1: reassurance. You know that they need that. It's good. It's good that, that the research is coming. Absolutely. To catch
0: up. What is the role of outdoor play for family culture and community?
1: Having grown up here in Sweden, uh, what we call "fri sleeve or um, open air uh, yeah. life is what it loosely translates to has always been a very keen presence in my life. Um, and this is part of a tradition passed on uh, from generation to generation. So it's part of our, well, I'd say both family culture and national culture. Being outside in our nature areas, it really makes us connected to those places. And I think that's important because Mm -hmm. if you know, we want to protect those places, and so, so, so there's so many levels Mm -hmm. to this. So, you want to create this, you know, it starts at the family level where you want to create this habit of going outside every day and connecting with nature, and then at the community level, it's about connecting with others who, you know, have the same Mm. interests and, and, um and sort of trying to spread it on that level on a, on a higher level, you know, is trying to get it into schools and, you know, other institutions on on, and, um, and in Sweden, we're pretty in Sweden. This is sort of embedded in all uh, levels of society. It's Mm -hmm. just a great way to connect as a family and, uh, and a lot of families Mm. just, they make it a part of, of their everyday lives and that's exactly what feed of sleep is about it's it's a type of i want to call it slow nature because it's not about these it's it's not just mm. any outdoor activity it's not like going water skiing or no. uh you know like these action activities it's more of a uh just mm-hmm. just go outside in the simplest form just um it could just be walking your dog around the mm. neighborhood um Being in nature is both the the means and the goal. Um, There, you don't need a specific Mm -hmm. agenda or any expensive equipment. Um, It's supposed it's supposed to be simple because Mm -hmm. if it's you know if it's too complicated, it just it doesn't happen for a lot of people. So, and I think it's really important to to have um, to have this sort of consensus around outdoor play among all the adults that kids encounter in their lives. So it's not just the, the parents who are constantly mm-hmm. going on about, you know, going outside, but it's also the preschool teachers, the teachers, the doctors, um, you mm-hmm. know, any adult uh, in, that deals with children. You know, if you have this sort of consensus and this understanding that outdoor play is really beneficial. Then all of you can sort of help create this culture. Um, so in places where this culture yeah. is not as prevalent, then then you you'll have to work on these different levels to to get there. And um, I think connecting with other families yeah. is really a wonderful way of doing it. Um, partly because the kids. And to uh, Mm. enjoy outdoor play more, if it's done with friends or you know just other kids, there's a group dynamic which you see in in forest schools, I'm sure.
0: Yeah, if if I was going to recommend anything to take with you when you're outdoors, it would be friends, (laughs) even over equipment, (laughs) good clothes, and friends, and you're set. (laughs) That's (laughs) right. So uh, let's start with the first rapid-fire question. What's your current favorite book, or your longtime favorite book, and why? Um, obviously, one that was has been a great um,
1: inspiration to me is um, "Last Child in the Woods" by Richard Louv. He's been, uh, yes. you know, the basically mm-hmm. the founder of this whole, you know, movement to get children back outside. And it, it just made a profound, profound impact on me. It's like my little, um, yeah, my little Bible uh, here.
0: Um, Our social media pages are just filled with quotes from that book. <laughs>
1: so I highly recommend it. Um, and also one that I read more recently
0: is The Nature yeah. Fix by
1: Florence Williams. It's also a, a good one. Um, talks about oh. of the benefits I of nature, um, of just being outside in nature, but it, it does it in a very, uh, she uses herself as the sort of uh, uh, to, to move the narrative uh, through throughout the book. And, and uh, there are a lot of really interesting nice. um, things in that book so
0: what piece of advice do you wish someone had told you as a brand new parent not
1: to ever put my uh smartphone in the hands of my toddler thinking that it, <laughs> that it would be a uh, uh, you know a good way to distract her uh for a few minutes while I was trying to do something because yeah. it's like so i would have delayed a lot more um the you know the whole introduction of electronics um i was still pretty strict and also it's hard if you have other people uh, taking care of your kids it's hard to you know they they're influenced by uh, um what they do at the babysitters or whatever and Delay, 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 because there will be a day when you, it's it's going to be out of your control. I I now have a tween, and uh, it's it's to that point where uh, where smart her smartphone is very much and uh, you know a big part of her daily life, and uh, yeah. that's, you know mm-hmm. that's I think one of the most common battles for parents today is like trying to balance screen time with green time so it's something where it's hard for us as adults isn't it I mean some days I'm totally the worst offender I'm Mm. the first to admit that but I do also put my phone away completely Mm -hmm. some days and we've done some um, I've experimented with screen-free Sundays with the kids and uh, you know I yeah there are different things you can do to try and counteracted but we also have to adapt to this new new order so have to be
0: all right if you're having a rough day with your kids what is your favorite place uh for you and your family to go to reset reconnect and rebalance
1: i we typically go outside um preferably the woods but also you know down to the lake i find Mm -hmm. that the water has a very calming effect um i love uh, just going to the woods and uh, just letting the kids do their things and not not pushing anything on anybody but just sort of letting everybody relax and uh, typically you know nine times out of ten I'd say um, we were better off um, afterwards than we were before so it's effective
0: absolutely all right last question and you probably don't have much to change actually in this, if you could change the education system in your country, this is generally aimed at people from, say, Australia yeah. or America <laughs> in any way, what would you change? Oh,
1: I would still promote more. I, I wish they would promote even more outdoor learning. Um, I think we're good at, yeah, really good absolutely. about it here in Scandinavia during the early years, like the preschools. Um, are very good about getting Mm -hmm. the kids outside, even like uh, traditional preschools that are not forest schools are very good about getting the kids outside every day. But as the kids get older, Mm -hmm. they get stuck, uh, you know, at their desks more and more. So, so I think, Mm -hmm. I think incorporating outdoor learning uh, more actively because I think studies have shown that that when you combine outdoor learning and and indoor learning, that's when you get the best results. So you, I mean, there are very few things that you can't teach outside. So I think, uh, yeah, Mm -hmm. I I definitely think we could do better there.
0: Yeah. I wholeheartedly agree from (laughs) Australia's point of view, but we've got nothing (laughs) on where you are. (laughs) Well, that finishes us up here, Linda. Thank you so much for joining us and for, so quickly from all the way over in Sweden and starting your day with us while we're ending our day here.
1: Well, it was very nice chatting with you today. I appreciate the opportunity to to talk a little bit about my of course a, a subject that I'm uh, very passionate about so.
0: Yeah. And if you haven't read Linda's book, There's No Such Thing as Bad Weather, highly recommend it. I've got two more chapters I'm going to finish tonight, but it's been a a really eye-opening read about uh, what's possible in the school system. So thanks for putting such amazing, inspiring work out there and for changing the world one book at a time. We really appreciate (laughs) it. Wow. What an inspiration. Linda's Completely re inspired me to take my kids on one excursion day a week, whether that's hiking a mountain or chasing waterfalls around the Sunshine Coast or just free playing at the beach with friends on top of our normal exercise. We hope Linda has inspired you to think about how you can add more outdoor play time into your family's week and reminded us all that outdoor play is an essential part of childhood and that we as parents and adults have a true responsibility to protect it and promote it. Before we go, we want to thank you. You wildlings have been incredible at sending us to the top of the charts on launch week, charting at number one in Australia, number two in New Zealand and Ireland, number three in Great Britain and top ten in many other countries across the world with your mad subscribing skills. We couldn't have done it without you and we are so eternally grateful for your support. We want to help more parents learn about how children learn and the importance of play, so if you haven't already, please subscribe to our podcast and share it with a friend or take a photo, take a screenshot of the podcast artwork and post it on your Instagram or Facebook pages and we'll share that on our stories. It might not seem like much to you, but your word of mouth is making a huge difference in how and where and who our podcast is reaching. And if you'd like a little inspiration to get your family outside, head to www.wildlingsforestschool.com forward slash free dash downloadables to get your free nature scavenger hunt printable. Thank you and until next week, stay wild.